The following sermon was delivered by Pastor Frank Griffith in the Sunday morning service at Calvary Community Church in Brentwood, California. You'll find more information at calvarytruth.org. Our message for today is based on Jude verse 20 through 25. It's a one-chapter book, the last next to the last book in the Bible, right before the book of Revelation. This is what Jude wrote. But you, beloved, in comparison to all these that he has described as falling away and moving away from Christ, he says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life, and have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty and dominion and authority before all time and now and forever." I think one of the things that almost all believers go through is you go through a period of time after you get exposure to a, a few brothers or sisters who who are actually uh, having some input into your Christian life, and you long for that kind of relationship where you're around believers where you can talk openly about the things of God, about the Word of God, and you can pray together. That's a real necessity in the Christian life. And this is what what God is really interested in, and it's what the Apostle Jude, uh, the follower, he was a disciple of Jesus. He was a half-brother of Jesus and a follower of Jesus. And he writes, and he tells them that their greatest need in in their lives is to have this kind of interaction with fellow believers. So he starts off our duty as believers in verses 20 through 23. And this is what he says, as I just read. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And these are all reflexive kind of ideas. In other words, praying with one another, building one another up in your most holy faith. The most holy faith is a word, an expression used to describe the revelation of Jesus Christ that's found in the New Testament. It is your most holy faith. It's what we believe. It's the content of our faith. What he is saying is, that we need to be doing this in relationship to one another, is building one another up in your most holy faith and praying together in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is his return, his coming back again. And so what he's telling them in, your, your duty to one another is that you engage in in. Uh, uh, producing things in their life that's going to bring about real growth. One of the things that Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, is that God gave gifted men to the church so that they would equip the saints for the work of ministry. And this is what a lot about what Paul, what Jude is talking about, that, that yes, we face difficult times. We have a lot of people moving away from God. But what he says we should do is we should be living our Christian life in fellowship with one another. In other words, the church is a team sport. We need a team of people working together. 
concerned about one another, knowing that we need to build up one another. And so he says, this is what is to be doing. And this is the duty of the of believers, he tells us in verses 20 through 23. First of all, he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, that's that's quite a statement. Keep yourselves in the love of God. If you remember from previous studies, we've talked about the fact that the commandments of God are expressions of his love for us. And when we keep his commandments, we are experiencing the effects of the love of God. We don't find his, his commandments burdensome because they were written for us and for our good. And so here he says, you, you need to be keeping yourselves in the love of God. And the, the way that this is expressed is the only way that we can keep ourselves in the love of God is by serving one another, is by ministering to one another. And so he says you do it in three ways, by building one another up in your most holy faith, that, and that's talking about the apostolic truth that's found in the New Testament, the message about Christ. Secondly, by praying with one another in the Holy Spirit. And then third, by waiting together in joyful anticipation for the mercy of the Lord Jesus. In other words, we should be encouraging one another about the fact that Jesus is coming back any day. And so these things are we, we are supposed to be doing together in mutual concern for one another. And when Jesus comes back, it is to eternal life, which means that he's going to bring us into the very presence of God. So we are commanded to keep ourselves in the love of God in the main clause, and then we're given these instructions on how to do this in the three subordinate clauses, which are uh, what we're supposed to do. Keep yourselves in the love of God by building yourselves up, uh, building up one another in the most holy faith. In other words, we should be talking to one another about the most holy faith, which is the New Testament revelation about Jesus Christ. We should be praying together in the Holy Spirit. We are told that the Holy Spirit is the one who energizes us to pray. He empowers us to pray. And so we're supposed to be exercising what he is giving us in the lives of one another. So we pray together, praying in the power and in the response to his express will. And then we are to be waiting anxiously or anticipating joyfully the, the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. He's coming back. And sometimes we forget about that. And we need to be continually telling one another that Jesus is coming back and all that he has promised is going to be fulfilled. Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, according, Paul writes, according to my earnest expectation and hope. And that expression is put together in such a way that it implies that earnest expectation and hope are the same thing. We earnestly expect God to fulfill his promises about the future. And earnest expectation tells us that hope isn't simply wishing something would come true, but it has is having this deep, profound, powerful expectation that God will fulfill his promises. So we are earnestly expecting him to fulfill his promises about returning. That's our earnest expectation. And this defines hope, what hope really is. Now, this is to be in regards to, to others. In verses 22 and 23, he says, and have mercy on some. That is, there are going to be those in our midst who are doubting. That's what he says. Have mercy on some who are doubting. That we are going to have people around us within the body of Christ who are having doubts. And they're really wondering whether this is true or not. These promises are so overwhelmingly glorious that we wonder if they're really true. And then he goes on and says, save others, snatching them out of the fire. In other words, there's going to be some believers who are living in rebellion against God, and God is going to deal with them. And so he tells us that he wants to use us to speak to them, 
and have mercy on some with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. We don't want to participate in their sin, but we want to encourage them to turn from their sin in repentance and faith towards Jesus Christ. So when we are doing ministry in the body of Christ, we're always going to be exposed to those who are having doubts, and even some who are not living according to the commandments of Christ, and they're experiencing the effects of it. And what we want to do is we want to communicate to them that God loves them, and he, he doesn't love them because they perform perfectly, but because of who they are to him. And then in verse 25, Jude 25, he says, To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forevermore. So we serve a God who is able to deliver us. One commentator whose name was Alfred Plummer says about this text, He who can guard such creatures as we are from stumbling, that is, the person who could keep us from stumbling in such a world as this must be the only God, must be he who was and is and is to come. He must possess throughout all time and all eternity the highest powers and glories which the heart of man can conceive. That's a, that's a great statement. It's true. Only he can keep us. Only he can guard us. But he wants to use us to speak into the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, this, this living the Christian life is a team sport. We need support. We need help. We need encouragement for each other especially as what we're going through today when it is so easy for believers to go days without talking to another believer and not being encouraged, not being uh, uh, helped to, to continue on in understanding the Word of God, which describes who Jesus Christ really is. So the, so the Christian life is not a running a, a solo race. We are running with a team. And we are to be engaged in encouraging one another and building one another up in the most holy faith and praying together. Nothing like praying with fellow believers and hearing what's coming out of their heart that's been sponsored by the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is what God has called us to, and he wants us to spend time in building up the brethren. This is why he tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 that he has given gifted men to the church so that they would equip the saints for the work of ministry. The word equip means to set a bone or to repair a net, a fishing net. In other words, it's, it's working with something to return it to its original design, what it's supposed to produce. And we need God to work in our lives. And what God has done is he has surrounded us with people who know him and who want us to experience exactly what this text is talking about. And, and so we should be praying for one another, praying that God would bring people into our lives, that we could uh, have confidence that God has sent this person to minister to us, and then he has sent us, sent us out to minister to others. And so this is a great passage for us to uh, delve into and to think about and to pray through and to realize that this is what God wants for us. He wants us to grow, and this growth is going to come through partially through the effect of our interacting with brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is why God has put so many people in our lives to do that very thing. In days like this, when we are having such trouble even being able to get alone together with, other, with fellow believers, we should pray that God would give us opportunity to grow through this fellowship that we have in Christ Jesus. Read this passage. Let it sink into your heart. Let it go deep into your heart and start obeying it. 
Start living in response to it. Uh, build, build one another up in the most holy faith. Be praying in the Holy Spirit. That is, rely upon the Spirit to open your eyes to the real needs that you have and others have. And uh, let God use this very passage to, to energize you and to motivate you to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects. Father, please bless this time in our lives. I pray that you would open up this passage to our hearts and let us see just what a wonderful gift it is that you have given us in bringing people into our lives, brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray that we would work hard at working together, at mutual edification, that we would be praying together, we would be digging into the word together. We would be encouraging one another, Father. We cannot live this life in independence of others. We pray that you would let us see this and let us, Father, take steps of acts of obedience and to see you work through your children in our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. To respond to this message or learn more, please visit calvarytruth.org.